Support for Innovation Hub comes from the Museum of Science in Boston, working to inspire everyone to push the boundaries of what's possible through hands-on exhibits, interactive programs, K-12 engineering curricula, and educator resources. Learn more at mos.org. Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. Our lives are affected every day in a thousand different ways by the networks that we're part of. Those networks can affect our mood, our actions, what we consume, and what's available to consume. And in that consumption category, there's a product, you might think of it as trivial, but at least to me, it's a pretty big deal, chocolate. Christine Leslie is an expert on chocolate, and I think you could safely say she's a fan. I eat chocolate every day, so there's, and I start in the morning at breakfast and um, <laughs> typically finish late in the evening with a bite or two before I go to sleep. Wow, so, yes, woman I, after my own heart. <laughs> so I do, I do enjoy it. Leslie is a lecturer on global studies at the University of Washington, Bothell, and she's looked at the complicated networks that get chocolate to us, starting in Africa, where most chocolate begins. And right there at the origin, there is a strange paradox. You know, I spent most of my time in Ghana, which is the world's number two producer of cocoa. And the months I spent there in the field on the farms were definitely the months where I ate the least chocolate ever of my life. And it was a real irony because I was surrounded by cocoa. I mean, it's cocoa everywhere. You can't get away from it. You see it everywhere. You smell it. You can feel it and touch it, but not chocolate. She says that the farmers who grow the beans have some of the least access to chocolate of anyone on earth. Very few of them do know what it tastes like. Um, they, there's, they know chocolate. They know what it is. And there are traditions of, for example, if, if parents are traveling to a city, they will bring chocolate back for their children. Men will give it to women as a, a romantic gift. So they have you know, some of the same ideas about chocolate as, as we do here. It is just a, it's a question of access. And in the rural areas, you know, I mean, cocoa farming is a rural endeavor. They do not have the same infrastructure. Uh, they don't have the infrastructure you need to support a chocolate industry. And by that, I mean a cold chain. And so because the the daytime temperatures are so high, they're too, chocolate will melt if it sits on a store shelf without refrigeration. And so in the rural areas, um, even just keeping chocolate around long enough to sell it is is a challenge. This idea of a cold chain, a way to keep chocolate at a safe temperature as it travels around, that, along with money, is why there's not a whole bunch of chocolate eating going on in wide swaths of the world. But there's a lot of money to be made if the melting point of chocolate could be raised. And not just in Africa, even in the U.S. in the summer, it's hard to get chocolate shipped to you in the mail because the temperatures are just too high. Not that there haven't been efforts to make chocolate less fickle. The military actually produced chocolates of high melting point, so they would survive the rigors uh, in the fields. Mark Giltonen is a professor of plant molecular biology at Penn State University. There's been efforts um, to market chocolate in tropical countries where um, temperature control is a big problem. And, and once chocolate melts, if it's not properly processed back when it solidifies, the crystallization of the butter will not be proper and, and basically the chocolate's ruins. Giltonen has been studying the cacao plant for years. And in 2015, his lab discovered a bit of a holy grail, the gene that controls the melting point of chocolate. Because here's the thing, 
that gene is a big piece of what makes chocolate great. The melting point's right about the human body temperature. So when it's on your shelf, it's, it's generally a solid form. You put it in your mouth, it starts to warm up, it slowly liquefies. And during that process, you feel it on your, your tongue and your mouth. And also the volatiles are released as a part of that process. The volatiles contain a lot. There's about 400 or so different molecules. So it's the slow release, the slow melting, the feel, and the release of these volatiles that combine to this sort of magic flavor of chocolate. Now the race is on amongst manufacturers, and there's actually only a handful of manufacturers that control most of the world's chocolate supply, to use Giltonin's discovery to bring chocolate to millions or billions more people. Here's Christine Leslie again. In Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, the Middle East, certainly, um, and of course China and India, these are the big emerging markets for chocolate. And without a cold chain in many of these areas, they can't sell without engineering a bar that can withstand higher temperatures. But Giltonen says that even as those wealthy manufacturers try to use science to expand their reach, they're running into one serious headwind, climate change. Essentially what happens is the ideal place to grow cocoa will shift and people will have to move where they're growing cocoa or or grow it in different ways. We are already seeing in some areas, um, at least farmers are reporting some, let's say, periods of low rain or drought or periods of very high rain sort of shifts in the rain distribution throughout the year. And that's really important for cocoa. It, It can't take drought. It can't take flooding. It needs a good distribution of water. That increases cocoa prices. It puts more pressure on industry and farmers get squeezed. Giltonen says genetic modification could likely help the chocolate industry cope with some of those pressures. But the key players have resisted genetic modification. So now, as the planet heats up, the race is on to raise the melting point of chocolate in a way that allows it to maintain the properties that so many of us have fallen in love with. At this moment in time, I'm very much um, enjoying my salted brown butter chocolate, either milk or dark. There's a company called Cacao de Colombia that's making a single origin chocolate from the Araco plants. And this this chocolate to my palate is, is just magic. You have all kinds of flavors of fruits and, and citrus and a really beautiful dark chocolate flavor. Christine Leslie is an expert on chocolate who teaches at the University of Washington Bothell. And Mark Giltonen is a professor of plant molecular biology at Penn State. We've got more on their work and on the melting point of chocolate at our website innovationhub.org.